Door train, so you can play train all morning long, baby. I love it. Good morning, and welcome back to Sports Interview with Ann Lagori. And this is our special annual head injury and sports show. And my guest is Liz Giordano, the CEO of the Head Injury Association. Good morning, Liz. Welcome to the show again. It's always great to have you on. Good morning, Ann, and thank you for the opportunity to be here. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. And we have an event coming up this Wednesday that is just incredible. I mean, a lineup of people. But most importantly, as you know, Ann, March is National Brain Injury Awareness Month. And there are more than 5 million people in the United States who have suffered a traumatic brain injury. Actually, in the U.S., TB occurs every 12 seconds. So you can imagine what it's like to have your life and those of your loved ones turned upside down in a minute. And as I mentioned earlier, the Head Injury Association does such a great job in educating and raising awareness about TBI and all kinds of issues concerning brain injuries. And uh, this forum, which will be on Wednesday, March 21st, is titled Brain Injury Awareness Celebrity Sports Forum, Protecting School-Aged Athletes from Concussions. And I think it's a, it's a great um, idea to, you know, focus on school-aged athletes, Liz, because it's really a matter of educating not only, you know, the athletes, but the coaches, the parents, Everybody involved, you know, in in these sports programs. Yes, we've been sponsoring this event now for more than 10 years. And we have certainly seen the rules and regulations in sports, particularly those sports around children, uh, change and evolve. Uh, We were instrumental in getting Suffolk County and ultimately New York State to sponsor a bill in which all parents must receive a written policy, either from their school or from the youth organization in which their children play on concussions and how to manage uh, concussion. So we say very clearly, when in doubt, do not play. And and it's working. We're seeing less and less um, children returning with the concussion. And this Wednesday, we have just about... Every sport represented from baseball with Maxine Agee, the wife of New York Met uh, Tommy Agee, uh, boxing, uh, Jerry Cooney coming back to Long Island to be with us, uh, from uh, horse racing to football. Horse racing, we have Ramon Dominguez, who is has an outstanding, had an outstanding career in horse racing, thoroughbred racing until he suffered a concussion or multiple concussions. So we have a lineup that's incredible. And certainly from football, we have Harry Carson, Curtis Martin, who you'll be talking to in a few minutes. And um, we paired this with 
doctors. We have the medical profession uh, coming in. Dr. Max Gomez will be emceeing the event. And we have two prominent doctors, Dr. Barry Miskin from the Joe Namath Neurological Research Center in Jupiter, Florida, and Dr. Hallie Zybel. He's uh, new to us. Last year was his first year on the panel. And the amazing thing is that New York IT, NYIT, New York Institute of Technology, now has a sports center, which Dr. Halley is involved in, is a director of. So they're doing amazing stuff there. Uh, Rich Casta will be stopping by to be with us. So it's just an awesome parade of wonderful people who all have a very similar message. How are we going to make sports safer for children? Liz, you know, you've been doing this, as you say, for over 10 years. And boy, what a, a lineup of uh, personalities, experts, Hall of Famers, as you say, so many sports represented on this panel that you get every single year. And last year, the one and only Joe Namath was our keynote. Yes, we were so, so pleased that uh, we had invited him maybe about a month or two before the event, and he wasn't going to come. He's very, very busy. He's involved in a lot of activity in Jupiter. And at the last minute, he said, no, I want to be there. This is important. I want to be there with the other guys from the NFL to say uh, concussions are serious. And I think in a little while, we'll hear from Dr. Barry, who will talk about one of the worst things that can happen. It goes undiagnosed, unnoticed, and untreated. And the year before that, none other than Dr. Amalu was there, oh. the star of the movie Concussion, played by... Will Smith. Will Smith. I mean, Dr. Amalu, Bennett Amalu, what an exceptional human being. When you hear his story of having been born in Africa from a very poor, modest family, to say the least, and then achieve what he has achieved. And I recommend the movie Concussion to everybody. It's just a phenomenal film. He's the one credited with actually discovering CTE in the brain of a former Pittsburgh Steeler, and he actually coined, you know, he named it CTE. Dr. Amalu, and for many, many years, uh, the NFL did not pay any attention to him. They tried to discredit him. And then finally, in 2016, the NFL acknowledged a link between football and head injuries. Finally, and, you know, they agreed to a, a over a billion dollar um, class action settlement. Yeah. So uh, he went through all many, many, many years of being not only ignored, but discredited by the NFL. And uh, they finally admitted that there is a link between football and head injuries list. He actually persevered against all odds, if you if you see the movie. What a hard time everybody gave him, including the NFL. It was Mike Webster's brain that he uh, diagnosed and found CTE. So uh, he really should get a tremendous amount of credit. The movie serves him well. Will Smith does an excellent job as Bennett Amalu in the film. And it's just all around wonderful with the progress we have made in the last 10 years. That is a good example. Right. He's just an amazing individual from Nigeria and his success story here in the United States and, and his 
his work in this field is just outstanding. And and uh, unfortunately, you can't diagnose CTE until after a person passes and, and, you know, through an autopsy. So I think that there, I, I've heard something to the tune of that may change, that they might be able to diagnose it while the person is alive. That's a question we can ask Dr. Miskin. But, um, you know, talking about the personalities who have uh, been part of this sports forum, Harry Carson, who will be back. He will be uh, one of the keynote speakers uh, this Wednesday. I remember when he came on this very show, Liz, with you, uh, maybe 10 years ago, if not more, when he said, this is a Hall of Famer talking. This is Harry Carson, right? He -hmm. said if he knew then, while he was playing football, what he knows now he would never have played the game. And that was a shocking statement back then. People have heard that statement. He said it here on this show first, and he says it now everywhere he goes. But that really is some statement. It, it really is. And he takes it now today a, a, a little further in that he states, my grandsons do not play football. I do not allow my grandchildren to play football. You know, Dr. Mala says the head was not meant to be shaken and have an impact like that. Uh, So when you see someone like a Harry Carson saying that, uh, it's we've come a long way. We've come a long way in recognizing the dangers of the sport. Absolutely. And obviously, so many studies have been done in the last 10 to 20 years. And uh, Boston University study found 100 of 111 um, brains of former NFL players tested positive for CTE. And this study uh, was the results of this study were published in 2017. That's a staggering number. A hundred of 111 brains of former NFL players testing positive for CTE. So, uh, you know, more and more players in football are kind of walking away. You heard about John Urschel walking away at 26 years old. Even Ben Roethlisberger, uh, the, the famous Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, saying that the study will, all these studies will factor into his retirement plans list. So, you know, a lot of these um, players are now, you know, really understanding these studies and, and it's affecting their their retirement plans. Yes, they're very aware. Um, most recently, the end of 2017, I was at an event in which uh, Kathy Lee and uh, her son, Corey Gifford, ah. Corey spoke extremely heart moving and a heartfelt speech where he talked about his dad playing football and he ended his presentation by saying, I wish my dad never played. Wow. So, and, and, and they, they discovered went, CTE. See, right. In, they uh, exhumed him after he wow. was buried. So they're very much now in, trying to get involved in the forefront and get out in front of CTE. Because it's uh, an unbelievable disease. Well, obviously, it's a it's a very very um, complex issue. Uh, obviously, all the people who follow football, the NFL, it's you know the most popular sport in our country. Yet, it it there's so many issues related to concussions and brain injuries and CTE and how it affects so many different lives. Um, so it's complex because. You know, it's changed people's lives who play the game, obviously. And we'll hear a little bit about that from, you know, the great Curtis Martin. But yet 
you know, there's so many issues relating to brain injuries. And, you know, it starts at a very early age with these kids who are out there playing football. It's so easy to miss a concussion, for example, particularly in children. Um, People don't realize the signs and symptoms of it. And as a result, it goes undiagnosed, untreated, and, and the person is back in play. In no time. And that's that's probably what is one of the most dangerous things that can happen. Um, but I'm really pleased about the event on Wednesday, Anne. And thank you for being there this coming Wednesday at the Fox Hollow um, in Woodbury. I was going to ask you, who is invited to attend and how do they yes. RSVP? We have now at the Head Injury Association taken on this forum as part of our mission, as advocating, getting the, the word out about sports and concussions. So our primary audience is anyone who's associated with youth sports, whether it's at your school or a, a youth organization in your community. We have 15 different school districts coming. Uh, they are the people in charge of the safety of the children. They're athletic directors, coaches, phys ed teachers, school nurses, parents. So we do have some available seating and it's totally complimentary. You come in, you get breakfast, you'll sit through the forum, you can meet and greet the athletes after the uh, event and then there's lunch. And it's you get breakfast and lunch, breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and, a, and and you can learn about and uh, you can all be these. informed. Right. You can be informed, and if you happen to be an athletic director, you can also get CTE credits, f- uh-huh. totally free, and and that's something and that's so pretty expensive. Again, and that's why it's so important. It's at the Fox Hollow Restaurant. Um, over in Woodbury on Jericho Turnpike, but you do have to register. The only thing you have to do is register. And we're going to be very serious about not letting people in who haven't gone online and register. And you could register at A, um, I'll spell it out, D-E-L-P-R-E-T-E at head. Injury Associ, A-S-S-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you could just call 631-297-8734. It's my uh, uh, executive assistant, Amanda. Amanda will answer the phone and we'll sign you right up. Just repeat the number, Liz. The number is 631-297-8734. Amanda will be there to put you on the roster. It's that simple, and we do have some available seating. You're listening to our special head injury and sports show with the CEO of the Head Injury Association, Liz Giordano. And joining us now is Dr. Barry Miskin, the medical director of the Joe Namath Neurological Research Center. Good morning, Dr. Miskin. Welcome to Sports Interview. Good morning, Anne. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure, and it was a pleasure meeting you last year. I know you were at this this sports forum last year with your buddy Joe Namath, and um, we're delighted that you're coming back. I really appreciate being invited, and I thought it was really a fantastic thing for um, putting a spotlight on traumatic brain injury. 
Dr. Miskin, given your medical expertise, what are the key issues for doctors as it relates to sports and, and keeping school-age athletes safe, would you say? Well, I think, um, you know, it starts uh, beyond the doctor. I think it starts with the coach and, you know, having the, the athletes get the proper gear and everything and being able to fit the helmets properly. And then beyond that, the next step would be in in our wheelhouse. And I think that doctors need to have a high degree of clinical suspicion for head injuries because I think one of the things that people don't realize is uh, there's a lot of signs and symptoms that we miss in everyday life. It's easy to write uh, children off and think they have ADHD, uh, you know, attention deficit disorder, or they're having a problem, maybe some other kinds of problems with insomnia or headaches. And it may be very well from an undiagnosed head injury because it's pretty subtle. I mean, if you think back when you were growing up and you were playing sports, have you ever hit your head or fallen and and didn't just not even thought about it? So those are uh, the kind of things I think that we need to be a lot more vigilant about. What are some of those signs and, and symptoms that you're referring to? Well, I think um, if your child uh, starts having a lot of headaches or maybe even vision problems or, you know, dizziness or, you know, feels sluggish or maybe even has a little bit of a change in his personality, I think those are things that uh, warrant taking him to the doctor and maybe having him worked up a little bit more. Can this happen? Uh, does it happen necessarily immediately after, you know, a, a brain injury or a, a concussion or a fall or whatever happens? Or can, can these kind of um, happen hours or days later? These this can happen, like, uh, uh, definitely, like, days later or maybe even, like, subtle things that you may not understand uh, what's happening with your child for, like, um, a couple months or something or just, you know, noticing it and noticing maybe that it's getting more pronounced. It's easy to uh, ignore things uh, because you want to um, not, you know, really focus on real causes. You you just think, well, maybe he or she is a little bit cranky or maybe it's something else. But if they're playing sports and they've had a couple uh, hits in the head, it might be something to consider. It might cause problems further down the line that can be avoided if they could treat it, especially if uh, they've had multiple hits in the head. And how are these concussions treated? Well, basically, um, they're with different types of therapies. There's different types of pills and medications and things out there uh, to treat them. But the most important thing is to identify exactly what it is and what part of the brain. And, and they would do CAT scans. And now with the new class of MRIs, scanners, they can uh, pinpoint things a lot better. And, and then these EEGs and all the would localize the area of the brain. Every, everything is different with a head injury. They're not all the same. Yeah, I'm sure. and that's what's so amazing is that you can actually, with these scanners now, really just isolate the issue in, in the location, right? Absolutely. And um, you can see the tracks and the areas that it affects, you know, vision, hearing, things like that. I mean, uh, the future is a wonderful place, and that's, that's pretty much where we are right now. Are you pleased with the progress made in, say, what, the last 10 years? I think uh, within the last five or six years, it's, um, there's some new things on the horizon right now, uh, and a lot of it's been triggered by what's happening in our military. Uh, for example, um, there's a whole new class uh, 
of regenerative uh, medicine where they're using stem cells, which, you know, is something that's not available yet to the public. But uh, there's a bunch of different companies with really smart people that are um, using it on stroke, and they, they see it possibly in the future for uh, concussions and very bad traumatic brain injuries where they can regenerate uh, actual, you know, brain cells and things like that. So those are things that are kind of on the horizon. But I think one of the best things right now is the new class of uh, scanners with these really powerful magnets and all where they can identify actual tracks in the brain that are damaged. And uh, that gives us an idea of what we can, you know, hope to fix someday. Dr. Miskin, who's leading the way with this progress? Did you say it really in the military area, in the military field, or no? Well, I think uh, because of what's happening in the military, uh, the Department of Defense is uh, giving a lot of grants for research. Uh, the NIH and a lot of other countries are starting to look more seriously on this. But I think because what's happening in the military and the number of um, military vets that are coming back with traumatic brain injury. Uh, there's uh, easily over a quarter of a million in this country that I think it's triggering um, a lot of this research. Everybody wants to do something, especially for somebody uh, that has given so much to this country. Sure. Uh, those are the people that we need to really pay attention to. So I think there's a lot of resources going to it. And then with the movie Concussion, and now what's happening within the NFL, I think it's putting more of a spotlight on this. Have you always um, focused on head injuries with your work? So I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just a regular worker, but I, uh, I do trauma surgery, and I've worked in uh, trauma centers for about 30 years. And on any given weekend, uh, we easily see 20 or 30 head injuries. So it's just something that I've seen a lot of. And then I'm really sensitive about, and it's it's something that's so devastating when you see somebody uh, that they look completely normal and everything you think should be okay, and they have a really bad head injury, and it's something that everybody struggles with because there's a lot of things that we can't fix. Well, obviously it's a big issue in sports. Sports and recreational activities contribute to about 21% of all traumatic brain injuries among Americans and uh, the sports with the highest number of head injuries that are treated in U.S. hospital emergency rooms include cycling, football, of course, baseball, softball, basketball, water sports, boxing. In fact, in boxing, they say the force of a professional boxer's fist is equivalent to being hit with a 13-pound bowling ball traveling 20 miles an hour or about 52 times the force of gravity. Uh, I know Jerry Cooney is going to be on our panel Wednesday at the Head Injury Association Celebrity Sports Forum. But, uh, you know, I, I guess you, you have seen it all, Dr. Miskin, right? Every, every sport practically has the potential of a head injury. Absolutely, and I think one of the sports that's uh, one of the most prevalent, which is like always shocks me when I think about it, is girls' soccer. And uh, there's a, a high number of head yeah. injuries in girls' soccer that uh, people, you know, don't even notice. I'm surprised and, and that they don't they don't require helmets for yeah. soccer, boys and girls. I soccer. think it, uh, absolutely. You think it would it would make it makes sense. 
And I think we often forget about cheerleading. Those young girls who do those amazing towers, they're up and under a hardwood floor. If it's a basketball game, uh, we have one young lady who suffered a traumatic brain injury from falling from the top of a cheerleading uh, tower. So there you are feeling very good about your sport and what you're doing, and it ends in a disaster. I know a number of schools at the high school and college level have limited the types of stunts that can be attempted to prevent these kinds of head injuries because as you say you know it's getting more and more athletic and you know higher and higher off the ground more extreme more we extreme. become a society that really looks for extremity extremeness in sports in in our activities sometimes i put on the tv and say you know where are the gladiators that's right <laughs> dr miskin how is joe namath our buddy who uh, came to the Forum last year to give the keynote, and I know obviously you're the medical director of the Joe Namath Neurological Research Center. How's Joe doing? Uh, Joe's, Joe's doing great. He's uh, he's involved with a lot of different things. He's somebody that's uh, making a difference in this world, and uh, he's doing fantastic. And I think a lot of things have uh, like improved. Uh, right now, the NFL has a better concussion protocol. And a lot of high school sports people are more aware of head injuries and all. And I think, you know, it's uh, the next step to improving safety because uh, people are focusing on it. And I think that uh, what we're doing right now with um, this brain awareness day uh, just makes it even better. Yep. Um, I mean, that's so true, particularly here on Long Island. Uh, we have seen that high schools now at the beginning of the school year get a baseline on their athletes so that, so that they're able to diagnose a concussion from the sidelines by administering a quick test with a laptop. So it's, uh, we've come some distance, but we still have a long way to go. Dr. Miskin, what's a tip, what's a typical day for you? You're, you're doing so many things. What's what's a typical day look like for Dr. Barry Miskin? I, it's, uh, I get up and I never know what's going to happen that day. Um, uh, I I I operate on Fridays. I, I do surgery all day, and then I see people in the office. But you, you never know. That's what uh, makes my job so interesting. Is I see a lot of different people, and the thing that I love the most about what I do is I meet people from all walks of life. And um, I see people, um, you know, go through different things, and I just have a lot of respect for everybody. I can't even imagine some of the things that happen to people and how they handle it because there's such an uncertainty in this life, and not just in sports but sort of in everything. Right now we're focusing on sports because I think it's something that we can improve. But um, I just feel, like, fortunate that I'm blessed to have the privilege of taking care of people, and that's what makes my day great. And how is the research, the uh, Joe Namath Neurological Research Center, doing? Um, it's it's doing fantastic, and uh, we're we're coming along really well. Good. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I just want to let you know. I mean, I'm I'm basically here as a uh, as a physician. Not I'm not really representing the center today. I'm just uh, kind of spreading the word about head injuries and things that we can do to make this uh, world safer for our athletes and our children. Well, we can't wait to uh, see you on Wednesday at the uh, Brain Injury Awareness Celebrity Sports Forum, protecting school-aged athletes from concussions. And that education is so pertinent, uh, Dr. Miskin, as you know, to, to teach uh, coaches and athletic directors and everybody involved, parents, 
athletes themselves, everybody involved about um, head injuries and, and what you can do about, you know, the symptoms of concussions and prevention, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday and uh, can't wait to, to hear your remarks. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you too, Ann and Liz, on Wednesday. And um, I think it's great that you're doing this with your show today. So thank you so much. Thank you. We are going to take a quick break. And Hall of Famer Curtis Martin will join us in a few minutes. So stay where you are. Sports Interview with Allegoria is brought to you by the Head Injury Association, a bridge to hope and healing, headinjuryassoc.org. Join us, won't you, for Radio Deluxe. I'm John Pizzarelli from high atop Lexington Avenue in the Deluxe Living Room, along with Jessica Malaski. We host a show that uh, is great talk and wonderful music. Join us this week, won't you, for Radio Deluxe. Listen Sundays at 1 on 88.3 FM. Thanks for listening to WPPB on the air and online. Visit our website to keep in touch with our award-winning local programming, 883wppb.org. Explore featured musicians, podcasts of The Song Is You and Media Mavens, and Michael Mackey's Throwback Thursday every week. And stay in touch by liking our 883 Bonnie in the Morning, Afternoon Ramble, and Friday Night Soul Facebook pages, and on Twitter at 883wppb. 365 days a year, WPPB is working for you on the air and on our website. WPPB has a helpful community calendar on our site. Just go to 883wppb.org to the community calendar tab and tell us about your activity or event. It's free, easy, and fast. WPPB is the voice of the community, 365 days a year, seven days a week, on the air and online. Spread the word about your community events. Go to 883wppb.org. Good morning. Welcome back to Sports Interview with Ann Lagori. This is our special head injury and sports show. Liz Giordano, the CEO of the Head Injury Association, joins me. And we're so thrilled to have Hall of Famer, former New York Jet, former New England Patriot, Curtis Martin joining us this morning. Hey, Curtis, welcome to Sports Interview. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Well, it's so great to uh, connect with you again. There are very few inspirational stories that rival yours, Curtis. And, uh, you know, we're so glad you're coming back to the, the uh, Brain Injury Awareness Celebrity Sports Forum on Wednesday, joining just a stellar uh, group of celebrities that Liz Giordano has put together. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing you on Wednesday as well. Yeah, likewise. I'm looking forward to being there. So tell us a little bit about your story for those who haven't heard it. Um, you know, you're, you grew up in a, in a very tough neighborhood in, in Pittsburgh, Curtis, and um, football actually became a safe haven for you. Yeah. I, you know, I, I grew up in an environment where we had the highest murder rate in the country per capita uh, in several years. And we're, that, that little area is always in the top three or top five. 
um, of violent crimes. Um, you know, and, and for me, what really just kind of changed my entire world was in my senior year. Uh, and by that time, several of my friends had uh, been killed through, you know, some type of gang or just some, a lot of times just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And one of my best friends, he was mistaken for someone else. He was my childhood best friend. And he was the quarterback of the football team. And some guy thought he was someone else and jumped out of a car with a shotgun and shot him at point-blank range in his chest. And he ran maybe 50 yards and collapsed and died. And my mother, she came to me and she said, listen, I, I need you to do something after school just so that you're not around this neighborhood because um, take into consideration that my mother had also found her mother, my grandmother, who was just as close to me as my mother was, had found her with a knife in her chest and a broken neck and someone robbed her for $140 and killed her for $140. And my mother found her mother lying in the bed like that. And then her sister had been killed also. And so my mother told me, you know, if something happens to you, they might as well kill me too. And uh, so I really played football just to appease my mother. And, you know, um, I ended up getting scholarships to most of the major colleges uh, because of that one year, my senior year. And then I went to college and I ended up in the NFL. And uh, that's, that's in a nutshell. Uh, what my story is. And my my thing is that I never really wanted to play football. It wasn't my first love like most players. It was just something that I did because I had the natural ability to do it, and it kept me safe. I literally to this day will say that football saved my life. Wow. What a story, Curtis. And and your success story is incredible. And and I guess did you do any other sports when you were a kid, or, or you just basically football was it? No, you know, some I was I've always been very athletic. So you know, I, I I could wrestle and play basketball, and I played baseball. Baseball was actually my favorite sport. I thought I would be a professional baseball player before anything, um, but I never wanted to do it organizationally. You know, I never wanted to be a part of the team. I just wanted to do it recreationally, and. Um, you know, I'll never forget the first day I walked up on the field after the season had already started and just told the high school coach that I would play. And um, he got me some equipment, and it's, he put me in the first scrimmage game that was four days later and just told me, you know, we're going to pitch you the ball to the left, and they did it, and that was the first time I got the ball. I ran an 80-yard touchdown. I love it. I love it. There are a lot of, uh, on YouTube, a lot of uh, segments of, of interviews that you've done that you can watch. I know NFL Films did uh, just an incredible piece on you where you're talking about, you know, your background and, and you know, the environment that you had to grow up in and, um, you know, the fact that you actually went to church and made a deal with God and asked him, you know, let me live past 21 and I'll try my best at everything else. Yeah, I mean, for me... I think when you grow up in environments like that, uh, there, there's a lot of bad that goes on. But, uh, you know, I, I've come to understand that there's a lot of good that can come out of that bad. You know, for me, the way it shaped me is that it made me such an appreciative, uh, grateful uh, man. Uh, you know, when, you, when you're used to seeing things that are so 
uh, tragic and just, you know, so horrible, it makes you appreciate good times. And so, uh, you know, the life that I live today, uh, it's, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade what I've been through for anything because I really appreciate the, the, the person that all of those hard trials have shaped me into. And as a result, it has kind of created a heart in me that really just deserves, I mean, desires to serve other people and to make an impact in their lives in a positive way. And I think that there's maybe hundreds of thousands, even possibly millions of people at some point that will benefit from what I've been through. And so I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't take one day of it back. So you are upholding your bargain with God. Yeah, I'm trying my best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even though football has been that safe haven for you, as you have, you know, described so eloquently, um, do you feel that you were actually safe from football, you know, as far as, you know, the, the hits, the contact, the concussions, that kind of thing? Um, yes, yes. You know, football is a contact sport. And, you know, for me, life is a contact sport also, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the way I grew sure. up. So uh, for me, football was easy compared to the environment in life that I that, that I had to grow up in. Uh, of course, there are um, a lot of the stories out there about, you know, concussions, concussions and head trauma and different things like that. But I think that because of, I guess, social media and awareness of it now, I think it's more prevalent. It's at the forefront of everyone's mind. Uh, but, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of us have very horrible stories about uh, brain trauma. I think that they're highlighted because football is probably the number one sport in the world, um, in America at least. And... So there's a lot of attention, and just with the movies and all of that, I mean, I think concussions have been highlighted so much that it's almost demonized uh, football in a sense. Sure. Do you did you experience a lot of concussions when you were playing? Um, I, I've had a few, um, but one of the things is, you know, concussions affect everyone differently. Um, I've probably taken more hits than most people who will play in the NFL. And because I I started from a rookie and I played 11 consistent years and I I only missed one game until the end of my career. So the the cumulative hits that I've taken over the years are probably um, as many as a player would take during an NFL career. Um, After I finished playing, I went and got tested, and I had this very thorough examination on my brain. It was an eight-hour test. Wow. It was broken up into uh, two days. It was four hours one day and four hours the next day. And when I came in for my results the final day, um, the the doctor basically told me, "What whatever you're doing, keep doing it, because your brain is as healthy as a high school kid. Oh, so, you must have been relieved. Um, I, yeah, I definitely consider myself very fortunate in that respect, being though I, being as though I've, I've taken so many hits. Um, but you know, um, the brain is a, a unique 
organ, uh, muscle. I mean, it, 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 it I, I, I'm, I'm glad that my brain has taken well to everything that I've been through. Sure. I know in uh, football, tackling and blocking have been associated with the majority of, um, you know, the head injuries. And they've come up with new concussion language that has been placed in rule books for young people where any player who shows signs of a concussion must be removed from the game and, you know, shall not return to play until cleared by appropriate healthcare professionals. So do you think there's enough being done? Um, not only in the professional level, but, you know, in, in, with youth football um, to protect people from head injuries? Well, the one thing I could definitely speak to is the professional level. And what Roger Goodell and his staff and the entire NFL, the initiative that they put forth on uh, addressing this concussion issue, I, it's, it's hard to say that they could be doing more. Um, it's almost as though they tried to think of every possible scenario and create some type of solution. You know, I'm, I'm actually a part of the committee that helps to make some of the rules to keep the players safe. And so, you know, we've tried to take um, head-to-head contact out of the game as much as possible. Uh, we've tried to take any hits to the head out of the game as much as possible. And what the public sees is that there's a rise in concussion. But most people don't know that that's because we've become so strict about it. So even if a player just gets a little wobbly because he took a hard hit or something or he hit the ground hard, you know, we're pulling him out of the game. And more than likely, he's not coming back into the game. Uh, and, And so we just almost gone overboard in a sense, but it's to protect the players because the players, is, uh, they're, they're the league's number one asset. And everyone uh, wants to do what's in the best interest uh, for, for the players. And so personally, I don't necessarily know what more can be done. Uh, and I think that they've done a really good job. And I think the best thing that the NFL has done is that they've created a huge amount of awareness. And they've been willing to just stand up under the criticism and everything from creating that awareness. And I just think that that's part of the game. I think, Curtis, it's amazing and it's so wonderful to hear that you're involved with developing protocols and practices for the NFL with a group of people who come together to evaluate what can we do to make the game safer. And you mentioned a couple of different things. And that's just fantastic because a while ago, not that far ago, long ago, maybe five years or 10 years, that awareness was not there. So it's just terrific to hear that the NFL is working on that. I think they're going to continue to work on it. And you're right. We have information today where concussions and head injuries would never have been noticed 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So we come a long way and it's wonderful to hear that you are such a good person. And I say that for the amount of time you give to our charity and to a show like this, and you're involved in so many other charitable events. It's just wonderful. And I wanted to personally thank you, Curtis. Well, thank you for that. You know, the one thing I will say is that the NFL, I mean, they're, they're putting so much money. It's almost as though they're not, they're not 
you know, sparing any dollar um, when it comes to addressing the concussion issue. And, you know, I think about it from this perspective. I think that the game is much safer, um, many times safer than it was previously, even back to where I, when I played because of all of the awareness and concussion protocols and different safety measures that the NFL has taken. None of these things have been in, implemented within the NFL, you figure, you know, for 80 years or 70 years, and now they've, they've started doing these things. And so the game is safer than ever now. But from a public perspective, from a public-facing perspective, it seems as though it's more dangerous. But the actuality of it is that it is safer. And the goal that the NFL initiative is trying to accomplish is that it'll start at the professional level and it'll trickle down through the collegiate, the high school, and even the Pop Warner level. And so they're putting even a lot of money and a lot of focus on teaching the proper techniques so that it starts at an early age, so that the, the, the head is kind of taken out of the game and people are using their shoulders more um, from the time they're eight years old. And by the time they make it up to the collegiate or professional level, they're using proper technique, which will prevent uh, uh, the concussion. It's interesting to hear you say, you know, how far they, you know, the progress they have made. Because when you played and, you know, you played for two of the greatest coaches in the history of the game, both, um, you know, um, in, with the with the Patriots and the Jets, and obviously Bill Parcells, big fan, and uh, you retired as the fourth leading rusher in NFL history, and then you were selected as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2012. What was it like when you played? I mean, you just if you had a concussion, it was that during the the, the time where they just you just kept going back out there, right? Yeah. Well, well, the thing is, is that because we didn't really deem it as anything very serious. Um, you were almost considered, excuse my language, but like a punk if you came out of the game because you said you had a concussion. Um, well, I, I think it's just the opposite now. I, I think now, because of some of the protocols and some of the safety net that have been created, now they have people sitting up in the booth. They, they, there are people who are just, their job is to sit up in the booth with binoculars and every time there's a hit or a hard hit, they're scanning the whole entire field. There's a few of them, and they're looking for anyone who just wobbles a little bit. If that person wobbles a little bit or they're slow getting up or they hold their head after a hit, they are immediately taken out of the game. Um, there are, And because of the awareness, your teammates now are, are different. So when I'm coming back to the huddle and I'm busy, uh, back when I was playing, and me and my teammates are joking about it, or I'm just holding on to a teammate so he can walk me back to the huddle because I'm a little woozy. Now, in today's game, that teammate that I'm holding on and I'm trying to camouflage or hide the fact that I'm a little busy, he's taking me to the sidelines instead of taking me back to the huddle. And I just think little things like that make a huge difference in this initiative. Sure. And, uh, you know, with all the the millions watching, too, and all the young people and, and, you know, coaches of uh, sports teams in in high school and and, uh, college, all those people watching, and it has to have a major effect on educating about concussion when you see the protocols, as you say, that the NFL have taken. 
Yeah. Well, 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 the good thing, and I think the shift, or the paradigm shift, in a sense, that has taken place is that players are no longer thinking of themselves as cowards if they come out of the game. They're actually thinking of themselves as brave if they come out of the game. You know, that's a you very know, good point, Curtis, because it is a paradigm change. And um, to be able to have that safety net of other players who's going to protect you and make sure that you're safe before you go back into the game mm-hmm. is is a leap. It's it's a huge leap in the, in the sport of football. So uh, you're absolutely on target. What have you been up to these days, Curtis, before we let you go? it's uh, it's. I saw you on a couple of those videos uh, painting. Do you still paint? Oh, well, I don't paint. I just collect it. I like to collect art. Okay. I like to collect paintings that kind of describes a part of my personality or my experiences or my family or something like that. I have two uh, young girls. I have a four and a six-year-old, and they keep me busy in between my businesses <laughs> and my charitable and philanthropic endeavors. And then with two little girls. Um, I'm busier now than when I was playing. (laughs) Are you here on the island, Curtis? Yes, I am. Awesome. And do you get, do you see, do you go to a lot of games or, or pretty much too busy with the family? You know something, when I, when I get to the weekend and get a chance to rest, uh, you know, I I usually will just, you know, stay home. I, I don't make it to many of the games. I may make two or three a year, if that. Right. Um, and most of the time, it's because my wife is dragging me out. <laughs> she wants to go, she wants to, go to the football games. Yeah, I love it. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I just admire you, you know your success stories so much, and I can't wait to see you on Wednesday at the Brain Injury Awareness Celebrity Sports Forum. I can't wait to see you. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Curtis Martin. Thank you for joining us here in Sports Interview. Liz, we have about a minute. Do you want to wrap it up here? Yes. I mean, with all this talk about sports, I don't want anyone to forget that brain injury or concussion caused by sports is just the tip of the iceberg. That there's also the number one cause of traumatic brain injury, car and motorcycle accidents. There's seniors who are prone to falls. There's a wide variety of causes for or traumatic brain injury, and certainly not least of all are our wounded warriors. So I just want to put it out there that we'll be addressing some of the other issues. Uh, in addition to sports at the forum, there are still seats. You should call us at, at 631-297-8734 and make a reservation to attend. And if you're bike biking out there or driving a motorcycle, wear a helmet. Please. It just, just makes sense. Well, thanks so much. I want to thank uh, Curtis Martin, Hall of Famer, for coming on. I want to thank Barry Miskin, Dr. Barry Miskin, for sharing his uh, thoughts with us. And, of course, Liz Giordano, the CEO of the Head Injury Association, and our brilliant engineer, Kyle Lynch, as always. And thank you for listening. I can't wait to MC with um, Dr. Max Gomez of CBS News. I can't wait to MC with him. The uh, Brain Injury Awareness Celebrity Sports Forum on Wednesday. Hope to see you there. Have a great weekend, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Thanks for listening to Sports Interview with Anne Liguori. Thank you.